Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We give you glory and honor. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I am so blessed and so privileged to have known your pastor and his wife for as many years as we have. We was kind of going over that, reminiscing a little bit today. Our good friend, Brother Dennis Clark, has a saying that you cannot make old friends. And I hate to use that term old, but yet (laughs) we have known each other for a long time. Brother Hughes preached for me right after we had built our church. And I was building a new house. And uh, your pastor almost got me divorced. No, I will reverse that. I drug him into a bad situation. I don't recommend any young married couples. Uh, I mean, you have to be married a long time to do what I did. My wife, we had built a new house. Like most women, she was uh, wanting to just make everything just right and all the boxes and taken over and all that. Well, she went shopping and Brother Hughes was preaching for me. I thought it would be good help. I called some of the ladies from the church and I said, Look, we're moving. Would you come help us pack? They did. And he helped me. We picked up boxes and we loaded them in the car and the truck and we moved. And when my wife came back from shopping, she came to an empty old house. Ooh, I wish that was the end of the story. <laughs> Brother, that is not the end of the story. I had a speaking engagement in Mississippi. <laughs> and um, we had not even put up the bed. I just put some mattresses on the floor. Boy, it was a cold night. My wife didn't speak to me for a long time. We throwed those mattresses on the floor, and I kind of reached over. And, you know, a king-size bed, my arms are short, so I had to keep reaching. And right over on the edge of the bed. I finally found her. She said, don't touch me. I said, babe, Brother Hughes. Brother Hughes got me in a... (laughs) She said, don't blame it on him. Well, that was a long time ago. (laughs) We're still married. She's still mad, but that'll be okay. Great times, long time ago, a long time ago, great time. What a great time we've had. This is a wonderful church. Amen. The singing, the worship, it's so pure here. It's just, I don't know, when you walk through those doors, you just kind of feel like you've just shut the world outside and and you're just stepping into the presence of the Lord. And I can't hardly wait to get that new building built. Uh, 
I, I've, I've looked at the plans almost every weekend that I've been here, and I, I like it so nice, so nice. Amen. Well, I want to just uh, kind of pick up in the same vein as this morning, and what a move of the Lord we had. I'm just so thankful for God's blessings upon us. Psalms chapter 23, I know you can quote this, but I'll just read it for the sake of getting every word right. Psalms 23, the psalmist David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The next four words. He restoreth my soul. Father, I ask you to help us tonight. Just let your word flow through us. Touch us. You sent your word and you healed us. I pray that the word of God would just be manifest tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. just want to talk to you tonight about He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. If you could get a little view of the life of David. When he got to writing the 23rd Psalm, he had already spent a lot of his life in war and battle. Emotional problems, physical problems, a very dysfunctional family. He had a lot of problem with his children. David's life was now in, in total disarray from what it was when he was a shepherd boy. And when he began to write the 23rd Psalm, the words just came flowing from him. And he talked about That he was going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But it seems like chapter, I mean verse number 3, he just stopped and said, He, the Lord, restored my soul. How can you do that? you got to realize that the soul is the part of an individual that you cannot see. It's that inward part, if you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 2, that the Lord breathed the breath of life into them. And he became a living soul. A living soul. If the soul is living, it never dies. Never dies. The living part of us will carry on for eternity, but it's the outward structure, the physical that we're made up of that returns to the dust from which it came. But to restore something is to place it back to the original, to put it back like it was. It's restored. It's like brand new. It's, it's like it never happened. It's something that's there. And so when he restored our souls, then we have to realize that there's something about that restoration a value that's placed on the soul. Who can imagine how much a soul would be worth? But the Lord gives us a little inclination about what a soul is worth. He said, 
For what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So the words of Jesus was saying is, there's nothing more valuable than your soul. No wonder he put such a high price and a high premium on it. He likened it to a treasure in the field. And he said, a man will sell all that he has and buy that pearl of great price. It's something that you and I tonight, uh, we feel it every time we come to church. We know it's something supernatural and amazing. But when God deals with us, he has to deal with what he created. It was not the fleshly part that became a living soul, but it was that spiritual part. It's something that connects with the spirit. No wonder he said in the book of Genesis that the spirit would not always strive with man. No wonder there were people in the Bible like Esau that he said, Jacob how I loved, but Esau I hated. There was something about that inward structure that was there that kept wanting to go back to the original, get back to the original part, but somewhere that was lost. And David found himself in that particular situation. Not only did he have an adulterous affair with another man's wife, but yet to send him to the front line with a letter in his hand, knowing he was going to be killed, that's murder. David had that blood on his hands. No wonder David, uh, with all the tens of thousands that God said, I'm not going to allow you to build the tabernacle. You can furnish the materials, but because you're bloody hands and things you've been involved with, you're not going to be able to build it. But suddenly, David, my word, every preacher and pastor that's ever stood behind a pulpit has preached about David, the shepherd boy in the field, the bear and the lion, and who can forget Goliath. All of these things David was, but suddenly He comes to reality. And when he was writing the 23rd Psalm, he said, there was something going on in my life. Something something that drew me away and pulled me away from that innocence of a shepherd boy. And when he got to that part, I'm glad he didn't leave it there, but he said, the Lord has restored me. I don't know how long you've had the Holy Ghost, but... If it's been in a length of time, you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. If you've lived for God any length of time, you've been in the valley. You've prayed prayers that you didn't feel like was getting much further than the wall. You've walked to church and walked out the same way. I know we like to jump up and shout and say, yeah, that's right. But the truth of the matter is we're all human. We've been down that road We've all been to where we couldn't feel God no matter what we did. We've all been to that place when we reach for Him, but we just can't grasp that. But oh my, if this church could regain the youth of our experience in God. Man, if we could just get that back. 
that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. If we could just, if we can just get that back. And because sometimes we get so scarred and so mangled and so confused. He said, well, I've had the Holy Ghost 50 years. You might have been confused the last 25. I've had God on my side, but yet we keep reaching for him a lot. I'm a realist. I'm just preaching to you tonight that I know that it's not always a mountaintop experience. There's sometimes when we, like David, have to pray, he restored my soul. In me, he put it back to the original. He made it just like it was in the beginning. You know, it's amazing how sometimes that we, we want to say, I got it, but, you know, I just can't put it into operation. You know, when we first got the Holy Ghost, we... We had those seven-day fasts every year. <laughs> I hated that time. <laughs> we'd have to go to church. We'd had those prayer chains. And somehow mine was always from three to four. I, I, it was hard. Boy, finally, I, I did learn that God can answer prayer at nine in the morning. I, I've learned, you know, there's times when uh, we fast and... And, and we feel like because of the sacrifice, God's going to have to do something. But the truth of the matter is, we're just killing the flesh so that God can do something. We're not increasing His power. We're not increasing His power. We're decreasing physical strength that He can increase spiritual strength. But let me tell you something. Sometimes we need a renewing that lasts more than from Sunday to Sunday. Sometimes we have to get back that, that dream that, that we had. Of no matter what, I'm expecting him today. If he don't come today, I'm expecting him tomorrow. And, and every day we got up with that expectation that the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. I know a lot of you young people, I, I see you here. I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like I was thinking. Lord, don't come till I get married. But you know what? After you've been married a little while, you said, Lord, why didn't you come? Why? As we move forward, why didn't you come? But when he restores us, he puts something back into us that if, if you're careful about it, you can have it for eternity. Because the soul never dies. It's forever and it's for always. And somewhere along the way, we have to say, He restored that. What happened? Somewhere on our journey with God, we lost the intensity. Even though He's coming to church every Sunday, there was just something that was missing. And it may be in fatigue. I used to tell our church all the time, don't ever judge your spirituality when you're sick. When your body is not well, don't judge your spirituality. You'll lose that fight every time. Because you'll be wondering, where's God? I'm supposed to be healed, but I'm hurting and all of this. But just wait till you get to feeling better. 
Just wait till you get the strength back and you get the feeling better and your mental attitude gets better and suddenly that living soul that God placed within you, it takes over and it starts thinking for you. And we're motivated by that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. The only way we can be ever be clearly and totally restored, are you ready, is in the resurrection. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. So you know what he was saying Paul looked at this old earthly flesh of his and he said, one thing that's standing between me and God is this flesh that you wrapped around me. So you know what? Sometimes we have to get the restoration of that. We have to get that dream restored. Martin Luther King preached a message and it was the greatest message he ever preached. And from that message, there is a street named after him in almost every city of America. Martin Luther King Boulevard. You have one. We have one. Everybody has one because he stood up one day and he said, I have a dream. And he told us about that dream. And that dream has come to pass. But let me tell you something. When the church loses that intensity of the dream, It's not that it can't be restored, but some things have to take place to make it be restored. There's an interesting scripture or story in the Bible, Daniel chapter 2. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream. And, uh, and in, in the dream, the Bible says that he was troubled and, uh, his sleep break from him. In other words, he tried to sleep on it and recollect it and pull it back and get it going again, but nothing would happen. So guess what he decided to do? He called all the wise men. He called the astrologers and the soothsayers, and he came in in uh, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 3, and the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. This is what he said. He said, I dreamed a dream. I had a dream. But yet, I forgot what that dream was. If we're not careful on our walk with God, we'll get so far along with God, we'll forget what the mission is. We'll get so carried away with doing the things that we think we need to do as a church that we forget what the mission really is. God has not blessed you so that you could just sit on this beautiful area of South Houston to say, look what we've done. God has blessed you so that you can open the doors of this church and get the dream restored again of what we really are here to do. Hallelujah. What What are we really are here to do? And, and sometimes we say, I, I forgot what it was. I had a dream, but all I can remember is I'm troubled. Well, some people just have enough Holy Ghost to bug them instead of bless them. You know, we just have enough Holy Ghost to live under conviction. Instead of enough Holy Ghost to get over that and live in victory. 
Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're trying to look pious, but I'm going to tell you, we, we have the Holy Ghost and it convicts us. And so it's, oh, well, I feel real bad about that, but I'm still doing it. Where's the dream? Where's the dream that said, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord? Where's the dream that said that God is able to fear give to the uttermost? Where's the dream that said, I will restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm. I will give them all back to you and I will restore that like it never was taken away from you. You know what I prayed for you today? I said, I was in the old building back there and I know you're about to tear that down. I said, God, make it better. When this comes down, I want you to make it more beautiful. I want you to fill it up. I want every pew and every chair to be full. I want the word of God to go forth from this pastor and his wife. I want you to restore the dream of Greater Life Church. It's the year of opportunity. Woo! Don't let it pass from you. I told Brother Sister Hughes, our prayers are with you because it's not easy. Building is not easy. It's always stressful. It's always part of something that, that's gnawing inside of you that you just got to get it done. But I prayed that God would make it easy, as easy as it can. Pray that God would strengthen you and restore you and let the youth of your experience and your ministry be stronger than it's ever been. I pray for Brother Such Hughes. I said, God, I want you to let the youth, and what an evangelist he was. My Lord, what an evangelist that he was. But you know what? If God could restore that and put the youth, he hasn't lost the dream. If he lost the dream, he wouldn't be building but we might have sometime a little trouble remembering what was that God was troubling me about. What was that? Here's what he said. Nebuchadnezzar said to those wise men, but if you will make known unto me the dream, <laughs> there it is but the decree for you, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me, Till the time be changed, therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation. You know what the king was saying? Yeah, the wise men would say, tell us what you dream, and we'll tell you the interpretation. Well, come on, anybody can make up an interpretation. Tell me what you dreamed. Oh, yeah, well... (laughs) We can give you some words. But he said, wait a minute. You dreamed up lying words. Until we get past this time. And you're thinking, I'm going to forget all about this. But he said, I'm going to know you're real. I'm going to know you're real. When you could put the dream back in me. And I want to tell you something. We are headed down the path of the last days. That strong churches are going to get stronger. And weak churches are going to get weaker. 
But I believe I'm preaching in a strong church tonight. I believe I'm preaching to people tonight that says we have the answer. I believe I'm preaching to people tonight that's going to say we can give you the interpretation. Boy, we had a lady in our church. This is her words. The night she got the Holy Ghost, she said, I've been to 62 churches in my life. I said, how many? She said, 62. Oh, me. Oh, doubt for me. In my mind, I thought, you know, this is probably 63. You'll never be back. But guess what? She was back. And guess what? She's still back. And she's shouting tonight. Because you know why? 62 churches kept saying, tell us how you feel. Tell us what you're thinking. It's a feel-good situation. We don't want to offend nobody. We want to make everything friendly and nice. And we just want you to come in and as you are and be as you are and keep doing as you are. But suddenly the apostolic church, the greater life church says, we can tell you lies and fill this building. But if we're going to restore your soul, we got to tell you the truth. Woo. We got to, we got to tell you the truth. Oh my God. My God. Boy, I'm so sick of these feel good churches. I'm so sick and tired of these that put on and say, oh, wait, we've had a dream. And man, in this dream, well, tell us, restore this. Well, we can't restore the dream to you, but you know what? We can make up lies to tell you. I'm glad there's churches today with pastors today and men of God today that can stop and say, wait a minute. We have the interpretation And the interpretation is to repent and get baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Come on. How about to give you back your dream tonight? How about to put the dream back in you again of what God can do in your life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, here, here is what I want you to do. He said, tell me the dream. And they said to him, we've never heard of such a thing. We, we never heard of a king asking his wise men, give me the dream and then give me the interpretation. Brother, we're living in a world that has lost its direction. No one the writer said in the book of Acts, save yourselves from this untoward generation. We're living in a world that has lost the dream. We're living in a world that has lost old-fashioned values. We're living in a society today that says, we'll make up a lie. And we'll tell you what you want to hear. But wait a minute. Oh, somewhere, 
hidden. Back over there was a Jew named Daniel. A wise man. Well, I want to tell you something. I do believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And I do believe that God gives us the gift of wisdom. I do believe that God gives us the gifts of interpretation. I do believe that tongues has a place and interpretation has a place. But somewhere back over there, there was a man by the name of Daniel. And the decree was, kill all. Stay with Kill all of the wise men. That's what the king said. Kill all of the wise men. Wait, wait. When he said all of the wise men, Daniel was one of them. He was there. And when they went to get Daniel and they said, the king said that we're going to destroy and slay all the wise men that was here. Daniel said, Wait a minute. Hold on just a second. Let me pray about this. And they first thing he said was, why does he want to destroy us? And they said, because they cannot restore the dream in the king's life. Boy, I'll tell you something. We're on the verge in America. When they say all churches... They lump us all together. When they say all religions, they put us all in the same basket. When they say Christians, they just put us all in that same area. But when they do that, they're forgetting something. Hidden among the stuff is the man of God. Hidden in America is the apostolic church. Hidden in Houston, Texas is Greater Life Tabernacle that says we're here. And as long as we're here, there's hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this. When God starts restoring, he starts using wise men. When God starts putting back, he starts using wise men. And when Daniel heard something unusual was going on here, the king said, I've had a dream. And all I can remember is I'm troubled. And he said, somebody give me the dream and then give me the interpretation of the dream. And Daniel said, let me pray about that. Oh, God, thank God for praying people. Thank God for praying churches. Thank God for people that don't give up. Thank God for praying pastor. Thank God for somebody that keeps standing up and say, I want to pray about that a little bit. And brother, when you start praying about something, God says, I'm going to open up a revelation that you've never had. And when Daniel started praying, I'm not going to go into all of that, you know, the brass and the feet and the iron of clay and, and all that. I never did really understand all that meant anyway. But Daniel said, wait a minute. Oh, I saw something. What did you see? He said, well, I got to tell it to the king. 
because if I tell it to the king, I'm going to save all of these people. And in the midst of that was three more, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when Daniel said to the king, here's what you dreamed. Wow. Here's what you dreamed. The dream is the end time. And we read all that. You can figure that out for yourself. The end time. The king said, that's the dream. That's the dream I had. Now give me the interpretation of that dream. Here's the clincher. Brother, when God bestows on the true church the interpretation of what it really takes. We better be careful because he said, Oh, king, there's going to be a lot of people and they're going to be coming your way. And it's going to be amazing of what God does in your life. Uh, But you have got to be responsible for what God has given to you. Greater Life Church, I want to tell you something. You've got to be responsible for the blessings of God that he's poured out upon you. I have a dream. Brother, I have a dream, and we quote it every time we take the offering. Amen. I love that gifts. Gifts and surprises. Where'd you get that? That's not scripture. Gifts, surprises. Man, I've been through that surprises. I've been through surprises because you can't figure God out. But I want to tell you the greatest surprise of all. He never fails. He said, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you always. Woo. My God. Boy, I'm about to prophesy. When you get that new building built, I don't want the rest of your hair to fall out worrying about how you're going to pay for it. I'm telling you tonight, standing in this church, God is going to help you pay for it. And it's going to come by gifts and surprises. I said it's going to come by gifts and surprises. (laughs) Woo! Now you may be seated and when God pours out his gifts on you and when God surprises you and God makes a way for you and God lets your finances double and triple, uh, he's doing that because uh, he's going to pour it back into this church uh, so that you can come to church not under a heavy load or a burden. Don't put this man under that. He's got enough. Uh, I want you to come back and say, God has restored my dream. God has given me back life in the Holy Ghost. Um, God has put faith back in my life. Come on. If God said you can do it, you can do it. If God said he's going to make a way, he's going to make a way. If God said, if you will give, I'll pour out a blessing upon you that you won't be able to receive. Uh, He said, I'll do it. He restores the dream. Would you stand with me right now? 
He restores the dream. Puts it back in our life. Psalmist David said, He restored my soul. Wow. You know how I got here? Brother Hughes and I was in Michigan. Brother Dennis Clark's brother suddenly died with a stroke. One of our pastors, one of Brother Clark's only remaining brothers. He only has one left. Flying. We had got up at 4 o'clock that morning. 10 degrees. Freezing. Rushed to the airport. Got on the plane. Flew down here. (laughs) He surprised me. He said, preach for me tonight. I wanted to say, brother, (laughs) I love you. You're my brother. But I'm going to go take a nap. Gifts and surprises. I said, I'll be here. Standing right here. God spoke to me and he said, you're going to be preaching here for a few nights. I said, Lord, I'm not the one you need to tell that to. That man right there is who you need to tell that to. And you know I'm telling you the truth because we've already told you. So help me in a few seconds. He just turned right around and he said, the Lord said you're going to be here preaching for a few nights. I don't know how much longer we want to be here, but I want to tell you something. I've been here long enough to know this is a great church. I've been here long enough to tell you that this strong church. I said, this strong church. This strong church. That strong pastor and his wife. We are not going to get weaker. We're going to get stronger. And God is going to restore the dream. And the dream is whosoever will. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. Let them come and drink. (laughs) And drink. And drink. And drink. Greater Life Church, you cannot afford to go the way of all flesh. I don't want to get out of line tonight, but I think I know where I'm at. Greater Life Church, you cannot afford to drift by the wayside. You cannot afford to go the direction that so many people are going in order to get a crowd. I'm here to tell you, you have a crowd. Not only do you have a crowd, but we have a dream. And the dream is being restored. I have a dream of old-fashioned apostolic, Holy Ghost, owl-running, pew-jumping, devil-casting out, uh, people coming to God, uh, falling out in the Spirit, uh, walking down the aisle, coming to God. That's the kind of dream that this church has. Woo! 
Does anybody share that with me? I have a dream. Does anybody share that with me? This church. This church. This church. Woo! This church. This church has a dream. <laughs> my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I will walk in your 